have many church members who are homebound. Uh, we also want to continue to pray for our teachers, um, doctors, nurses, that they've had a stressful year. Um, and also with the cold weather, remember those who are less fortunate right now. Uh, a quick story uh, at our prayer time is I was at, in Memphis yesterday, and I was just sharing this at a Sunday school class I do. So uh, Acton and Jen went to see a Broadway show in Memphis, and uh, I didn't buy a ticket because I'm cheap. So I walked around uh, downtown Memphis. I like to explore. And I found First Methodist of Memphis. And there was a huge crowd outside. And I thought, well, what's going on there? They must have a special event. And then I noticed it was tons of people with to-go boxes of food. So it's just neat to see another Methodist church doing the same thing that we do here and being uh, the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. Let's pray. Loving God. We lift up those church members who are about to have surgery in the, this week or the upcoming weeks. We pray that you will give them peace, that you will give them strength. We pray for the doctors and nurses that will be working on these uh, surgeries and taking care of folks. Um, we pray for our teachers. We pray that you will give them extra strength and patience to get through this this year. Um, we lift up the homebound. We pray that you will give them your peace as well. We lift up those who are homeless right now in our community, who are cold, uh, who are hungry. We pray that us and other churches in the community can be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. And we remember the word that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
one another, despite what their different gifts may be. Um, there was the scripture in 1 Corinthians, is the famous scripture about we are the body, about how we're all different uh, parts of the body, but we belong together and we can love each other. Um, last week, we did in 1 Corinthians the scripture that talks about love. It's the wedding chapter, a lot of people use it for that. We said love is patient, love is kind. Um, so we just remember, this original audience, this original group that it was written to, had conflict among themselves. This passage, Paul wants to remind them of how it all started. Those things they agreed upon um, in the faith. The good news that changed them. The good news that started them on their faith journey. So in today's passage, Paul continues his message to church in Corinth, and we're going to see how it may apply to us, how it applies to them, and how we can use it in our lives. This is 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, and which you also stand, through which you are also being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you, as the first importance, what I, in turn, had received, that Christ has died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then the twelve, that he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and in his grace toward, toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so we have come to believe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Let's pray. God, I pray that this passage today, I pray that you will use it to um, touch our hearts. I pray that it will draw us closer to you and closer to each other. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Paul is taking the first Corinthians, uh, the church in Corinth, he is taking them back to the basic belief. Those things that got him started. Paul's reminding the church what's at their core. Um, so again, I, I've said it before, but I want to say it a couple times. I want you to understand. They had some conflict among themselves. They had some drama. They had division. Um, there's even a chapter in 1 Corinthians about lawsuits among one another. So like they had, they had issues. Um, but this isn't this passage is for us as a church, but it's also about us and our relationships with others, our personal life, reminding us of the basics. Because yes, we can stand, um, we can stand up for things we believe in, and we can have disagreements among one another, that's fine, but let us never forget what the main thing is. The Apostles' Creed, which we read today, um, people have been reading creeds for a long time to bring us back to those basic beliefs, to state those things in which we believe. I recently wrote a school paper, for those that don't know, I go to um, Emory, I go to Candler at Emory. And um, if you ever have trouble falling asleep, I have a really boring paper that you can read about how the creeds came about, okay? But, but, um, 
the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople, they helped form some of these creeds that the churches have today. Um, this, started, this process started in 325, so that's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Um, now, the Apostles' Creed, um, it's been around for a long time as well. These creeds remind us of the things that ground us, our basics of the faith. Um, these creeds started because there was a spread among the people. Um, there was a teaching that Jesus was not equal to God. It was, it was like he was less powerful, the less powerful son of God. Um, it denied, the, they were, teachings were denying the deity of Jesus in 325. That's why these creeds started. There was some, some confusion on the basics. So creeds were established that we could, we could say together our core beliefs. We could say what we agree upon. We could not have a theology that was confused. Everybody would be on the same page with the basics. Here in this church, we've celebrated 175 years recently. Can you believe that? Um, here in this place, they've been saying the Apostles' Creed for 175 years, every Sunday. Um, and it's good news that's in this creed. Um, what is that good news? That Christ has died, Christ has risen. We talk about the forgiveness of sins. It's the same thing that Paul talked about in this scripture is the same thing that's in our Apostles' Creed. It's good news. We remind ourselves of it every week. We can sometimes get in the habit of just reciting it because that's what you do on Sunday, right? But when we really pause and think about it, this is our core. This is what we believe. Um, in the Apostles' Creed, we, we stated that Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. It's the same thing that Paul said in 1 Corinthians here, that he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Same thing as what Paul is telling the church in Corinth. He's reminding him of that. Um, and then it says that he, Jesus sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. These are some of those statements that we, we acknowledge the deity of Jesus. We acknowledge the power of Jesus. Because remember, these creeds were created because there was confusion on that at the time. Um, we state that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Uh, and, and I think because we say it all the time, we have to talk about that too. Because I get questions. I get questions not just from teenagers, but sometimes somebody visiting the church or coming here for a special event will say, why do you say the Holy Catholic Church? And they, sometimes people might think, I'm talking about St. James next door, right? But the, the C is lowercase. It means we believe in the universal church, all churches. We believe um, that God is at work among them and among all of us. So even in our community, there's many churches that we might have big disagreements with, right? As Methodists, we believe that women are called to be preachers just like men, right? Um, we're not Calvinists here. We don't believe in everything's predetermined. We, we believe in free will. So there's some differences on how we look at scriptures. But when we say we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, despite our differences, we agree upon these core things, right? And we believe that God is at work in those places despite our differences, that God is still at work among all of us. The communion of saints, we believe in the importance of gathering together with the other saints. We believe in that. We believe there's an importance of being together. But we also believe those saints that have gone before us, we're going to be reuni reunited with our loved ones. We say that every week. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. It's a main thing in our faith, right? We believe in the forgiveness of sins. This is important stuff that we say every week. So Paul speaks about the good news in verse 1 and 2. He says we stand on it. 
Have you had those days that are really, really rough and you don't know what to stand on? This is it. This is your core beliefs. This is what we stand on, especially in times of trouble. Last week, we talked about that wedding uh, scripture, and I handed out all kinds of candies out of the pulpit. I had almond joys in here. You know, in like a month, you won't remember that, but you will remember our core, those things we stand on, those things we say in the Apostles' Creed. Those will be remembered. When in times of trouble, we remember words to amazing grace, don't we? We remember the meaning of Holy Communion. We stand on this good news. We hold on to it. We walk in it every day, especially days that are uncertain and tough times. I don't know if you noticed, but the way this passage was worded, um, when Paul was talking about this good news, he said, by which we are being saved. We are being saved. It's a news alert that I mess up all the time, right? Pastor Sam, he messes up. Anybody that, everybody messes up, right? Everybody makes mistakes, you could, you could find somebody that has taught Sunday school here for 80 years, and guess what? They make mistakes. They mess up. We all do. We all do. None of us get it right all the time. And remember, Paul was writing this to people that had conflict among themselves. He's reminding them, hey, don't, don't judge. Don't be rude to other people that don't have it all together. You don't have it together either. They're still in the process of being saved, being made better. Um, we're still being made perfect or in the process of being made better, molded to more of what God wants us to be. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I didn't grow up United Methodist. Um, I went to church a lot with friends to their youth groups or different church events. And um, oftentimes I would see the gospel presented with John 3.16. And, and sometimes they would have um, altar calls. And sometimes they would even scare people with the fires of hell in those altar calls, and people would cry and have an experience. And that's fine if you had one of those. That, I'm not judging that, but, but what I'm saying is sometimes it was made to believe that that was the end. You said a prayer, you said the prayer with the preacher, and everything's good, you're done, right? But Paul reminds us we're being saved, we're being made better, God's still working on us. I want us to celebrate those conversion experiences we had, for some, it might be when they went through confirmation class and they said, I commit my life to Jesus, right? For some of us, we went to an altar. For some of us, we, we prayed a prayer in our bedroom and we said, Jesus, I give you my life. I want us to celebrate those things, but let us never think that that was the end of it all, right? God's still working on us. We're still, it's still a process. There's still more work that needs to be done in our hearts and in our lives. When Paul says we're being saved, he means God is still at work in us. We're not there yet. Um, the good news should change us every day, every day. Paul tells us to hold firmly to this good news by which we're being saved. Hold firm to it. Allow it to change us. Um, so the past year and a half have been a really tough year for a lot of people. Um, I've done more funerals than I ever thought I would. I've seen more people really sick in the hospital than I ever thought I would, uh, people with rough times going on for whatever reason. And through all of that, when I've seen people in really hard times, they do cling on to this truth. Things that we said in the Apostles' Creed, that's what they remember. That's what they remember. When people are in the hospital, they'll say something like the song Amazing Grace. Those are the things they hold on to. Those are the things they hold on to in those moments. And Paul wanted to drive home what the good news was, to never forget it. 
Verse 3, he said that Christ died for our sins. And I want to remind us, it's not just the sins we did in the past, but all that stuff we're going to do in the future, right? Christ died for our sins. Verse 4, he rose on the third day. We believe that Jesus overcame death. And that's not something that we just celebrate on Easter. It's something that changes the way we live every day, or it should. When we wake up, the fact that Jesus died and was resurrected, that should change the way we live here on earth. Um, He appeared to the disciples. We believe that people saw the resurrected Jesus. Lastly, about the scripture, I want to point out that Paul says that he's the least of the apostles. That's what he calls himself. Um, He says that because he persecuted the church. A lesson I learned from what Paul says there is, uh, we oftentimes feel like we're not worthy to share the good news too, right? People know what we did last year. They know what we did in our past. Um, And and then sometimes people even think, well, I'm too young or uh, age, gender, income. None of that matters. We are all called to share the good news of Jesus. Whatever it is that makes us not feel qualified, Jesus wants to use us, right? Jesus wants to use us. And some of us, like Paul saying he was the least of the disciples, of the apostles, um, sometimes when we think it's our past, our mess up, our mistakes in the past that stop us, some of those folks have the biggest impact, right? Paul wrote much of the New Testament. It's good news. It's not for us to keep to ourselves. And when we feel like Paul, like we're the least of the apostles, know that what God will do, that might be great and mighty things. Um, what Paul, what God did through Paul was an example of how God can change a life. I can remember going to pastor's licensing school at Camp Sumatanga. And I have to tell you, um, when I went to licensing school, I kind of felt like Paul, like the least of the apostles. I felt like the least of the preachers. These people, these other pastors, they looked like pastors. They had like the look and they had like, they talked the right way, you know. They didn't have a t-shirt and a hoodie on. Like they looked the real deal. Um, so I felt like, oh my goodness, God's not going to use me in the same way he uses them, right? Um, but, and, and, and some of you, I've heard to say the same thing. I hear people tell me all the time, well, I can't teach the children's Sunday school class. I, I'm not, I don't know enough. I haven't done this before. I can't help with vacation Bible school or I can't help with ladle of love. I'm telling you, you can, you can. We're all, we're all, uh, able to be used by God to spread this good news, The Bible is full of oddballs and underdogs, the least likely being used by God to do great things. We are meant to share the good news with our words and with our actions. So today we get back to the basics. We remember our core beliefs. If you look around, you're in a room right now. We are with people who are very different than us. There's people with different opinions on all types of issues. But today... We, be, we said the statements of the things we believe, those things we agree upon, those things that unite us. We're about to take Holy Communion. We will all hold our hands out like this and receive the body and blood of Christ. We will all confess together. Uh, we will say with the family of church that we have not we have not loved our neighbor. Those are things we all agree upon. No matter who we are, where we came from, what our differences are, those are things we all are important. As we grow in our faith, we're going to challenge and wrestle with things, try to discover new things in our faith. But then we always remember to come back to basics, right? As we grow, I want us to stretch ourselves. I want us to ask questions and find out new things and really wrestle 
stuff, but it's important to come back to the basics. And that's what we're doing today. This morning, we're going to prepare our holy communion. I want to remind us that the Methodist Church um, it's open communion, meaning everyone is welcome to Christ's table. Um, as long as you have a heart that's hungry for God, the Methodist table, it, I mean, the Christ table is open to everyone. It's open to everyone. Um, so also some, some, some other instructions. Um, we have a communion offering. Uh, anything that's placed in the altar rail goes to our benevolence. For those who come to the church in need, that's what that goes towards, if you feel led to do that. If you follow along, we'll be on page 12 um, in the hymnal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, mighty creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by, by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to the disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so... In remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us 
as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to ask my communion helper to come, and then the choir as well. shed for you.
there anyone else that needs to be served at their seat? As we leave here today, may we remember we all came forward, despite whatever our differences might be, we all come forward. We all receive communion. We all need Jesus, right? We're all in a process of God still working on our hearts. As we leave here, may we remember to share the good news, and may we remember the good news is for everyone. Go in peace.